Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Greg Moan spent most of his career either coaching or scouting football players for multiple leagues at multiple levels, including the NFL. He spent nearly two decades in the CFL, and his son Jason was afforded some special up-close opportunities with football superstars. Who made a lasting impression on a young Jason Moans, currently one of the best high school coaches in the country? Stick around to find out. TeamSnap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As an all-in-one youth sports management app, TeamSnap helps take the stress out of coaching, letting you spend more time with your team and less time organizing. As a coach, I love to track the real-time RSVPs, which lets me prepare for each training session, and I love to post scouting reports and discussion topics. As a parent, I appreciate being able to sync my kids' schedules directly into my calendar and use the Team Chat feature for timely updates on where to meet and park. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com slash winning for more information. Jason Moans leads his program with passion, and he doesn't hide his ambitions in shaping Seguero High School into one of the top football teams, not only in Arizona, but the entire country. That competitiveness is ingrained in him, and I greatly appreciate him candidly sharing an instance when that competitiveness got the best of him. But Jason also shares a story from a personal interaction for him through his father with a football legend. I won't spoil it for you, so listen and learn. Well, I am so excited to have with me one of the best young coaches of high school football in the country. His name is Jason Moans. And if you haven't heard of him, you're going to learn a lot about what makes him so special during this time. Coach, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. I don't know how young I am anymore. I'm 41 now. I started off as a young coach. Now I'm kind of like a seasoned veteran. Well, that is very true. But for me, since you're younger than me, I'm going to call you a young coach. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to fight it. Hey, Coach, first question I love to ask my guests is, what's your favorite childhood sports-related memory? Now, the unique thing about you is that your father was a fairly prominent sports figure, and so I wasn't sure if it was something from your own playing experience or maybe something that you experienced with your father. Yeah, no, I, it's great. It's funny. A million things just flashed in my head as soon as you said that. Some great experiences playing competitive sports growing up. I tried to play everything. I played baseball, basketball, football, hockey, you know, golf and tennis. I did all that. But probably the best memory I had, like you mentioned, my dad coached college and pro ball and he was in the CFL and they played in the Grey Cup. Doug Flutie was the quarterback. It's one of the all time, you know, most memorable CFL games. They call it the Snow Bowl. That was in Hamilton and it snowed like crazy. They had to sweep the sidelines in between you know, every stoppage and the Argos ended up winning. They beat Edmonton. I think I was about 14 years old. I was on the sideline for the game, you know, bundled up. I'm, you know, Arizona kid freezing down there. I, every layer of clothing I owned was on, but it was just an unbelievable season. I got to travel with the team for several games that summer, and I was there for, I think, two of the three playoff games. Unfortunately, my dad's no longer with me, and so I, memories like that that we had together, for me, those are the things that I hold on to dearly. In your own competitive playing experience after that, or for you as now a very competitive coach, what was that big takeaway? Something that you learned from maybe that historic game or just being there and soaking in that playoff atmosphere? 
You know, I think one of the things that really resonated with me, it wasn't during that game, but it was that season when Doug Flutie was a quarterback. I got to travel with the team during the summer to a game in Winnipeg. And the Argos won, and Flutie played great. I mean, he was unbelievable. And just randomly, we were walking back to the hotel after the game in Winnipeg, and Doug Flutie was kind of just coming out of the hotel, going to dinner, and asked my dad if he and I, you know, wanted to join him. And so we got to go sit down. It was just the three of us at dinner. And the thing that stuck out to me is I think the Argos rolled. I, I can't tell you the score because it was a long time ago, but they were in control. They won pretty soundly. And the whole dinner, all Doug talked about were the mistakes he made and the things he missed and the things he could have done better. And I'm thinking as a kid, I'm like, man, he played great and they won and it was, you know, he should be out celebrating. And that was his whole sole focus was on the things he could have done better. And that really stuck with me. And I feel like as a coach, you know, that's kind of how I'm wired, which is, I mean, I love to win, but I hate to lose, I think more than I love to win. And, you know, even after successes that we've had, I think I really try to focus in on where we could have been better. Even when we played well, even when the scoreboard looked like we were in control, you know, I always try to focus on those things. And I felt like that instance had a big impact on kind of my outlook in competitive situation. Coach, how do you balance that? Because you've had so much success, you know, with so many different state titles in Arizona. And I remember reading once a, a quote from Belichick, you know, where he talked about somebody said, hey, how are you going to enjoy this? And he said something to the effect of, you know, I'm going to enjoy it like tonight and then tomorrow we're going to start working for the next one. And I was just like, man, that's kind of sad that he doesn't really seem to enjoy, you know, the process. And the thing I try to focus on with my athletes that I've ever coached is we can't just be caught up in the pursuit of a title. We have to enjoy the process, regardless of what the end result is. So how do you balance that? Because frankly, you've won a lot more titles than I have or anything. But do you still enjoy that process? And is it hard because your standards are so high? Yes, we enjoy the process and we talk about embracing the grind and you have to reflect and we talk to our kids all the time about, you know, when you look back on this experience, when it's all said and done, the things that you're going to remember the most is the process, is the grind, is hanging out in the locker room before practice, is being on the bus going to camp in California. And, you know, the downtime that you had when you're hanging out in the dorm room or when you're playing ping pong in the locker room when you're waiting for practice to start. You know, that's the stuff that's really going to stick with you. And the relationships that you build and the memories that you make, that's the stuff that really, truly matters. And so I think you just have to remember to keep it in perspective. As we're chasing excellence, we want to make sure that we don't forget to embrace all these experiences that we're having along the way. And so that's what's so important and it's easy it's easy to get caught up especially when you know the program that that we have and the success that we've had and now our expectations you know we're a 4a enrollment school we're playing up two divisions now in the regular season i think we've got the 10th most difficult schedule in the country uh, according to max preps i mean every week is just an absolute meat grinder and i've got to remind myself of that all the time it's you get so caught up in trying to maintain that level of excellence that it's easy to, to lose sight of that and, and especially the longer you get into it i sympathize with like you mentioned coach belichick i'm like hey i'm gonna enjoy this for a night and it's right back to it because that's kind of what it is. You know, if you want to maintain that at a high level, you can't spend too much time, you know, celebrating your victories because that's in the past. You've got to just focus your attention going forward. But at the same time, it is so important to keep things in perspective. And I try to do that with my family and make sure that, I mean, we we lost Friday night to the number seven ranked team in the country. You know, we, we jumped out early. They came from behind and we fell short. And, you know, I'd love to sulk and feel sorry for myself and lock myself in the film room and try to find a way to get better. But, you know, my kids were excited to see me when I got home and want to spend time with me. And, you know, my wife sacrifices a lot. So, 
made sure I took her on a date last night. And so I think you just have to make sure that you make time. You got to do your job. You got to put the time in, but there's always time for your family. There's always time to make sure that you reflect with your players and coaches and make sure that, especially at the high school level, you know, I'm not making money that Belichick's making. So I need to make sure that the quality of life is high and that we do make sure that we enjoy the ride. That's great perspective, coach. I appreciate the honesty. What coach or teacher encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? And I'm going to ask you not to mention your father, because I'm sure I know how influential he was to you. But was there another, you know, non-family member coach or teacher who just was really important in helping you along your sports journey as a kid? Yeah, man, that's a great question. When I first got into coaching, John Sanders, who was a head coach here, was a huge mentor to me. You know, I kind of stumbled into coaching and it wasn't a plan. You know, I think everybody thought, oh, well, your dad was a coach, so you always wanted to be a coach. And it really wasn't it. But I kind of got involved with youth sports and I started getting involved with Pop Warner and coaching at the very beginning level. I mean, I started from the very bottom coaching flag football and then coaching Pop Warner football and then you know, coaching freshman football. But, you know, John Sanders had a huge impact on me as a leader of the program. I think as a kid growing up, I had some great youth coaches. I know you said non-family member. My stepdad coached me in Little League all the way up. And, you know, he was a multi-sport athlete, played college football. And he really was so good. I always remember with like situations. And we spent so much time, even in Little League, you know, on our, you know, All-Star. I always like watching Little League World Series because I was on the All-Star team and we made it to regionals. We fell just short of going to Williamsport. But I just remember how he was such a good Little League coach. And we spent so much time on situations, you know, and it was, hey, runner on first and third, one out and, you know, hit a ground ball to second base. And that stuff still to the day resonates with me. We're just thinking situationally and really being prepared for all the different situations that can happen in the game. So, you know, keeping it, I guess it's not blood related, but it was my stepdad. But my stepdad was a phenomenal coach and I learned a lot from him and so many other coaches along the way. But that one sticks out to me for sure. Coach, what was the most valuable lesson you learned through a challenge or defeat when you were younger? Oh, man. You know, I, <laughs> I've always been, I don't want to say an elite competitor. I, it's, I don't think you can say that about yourself, but I hope people that know me would say that. But I've always had the competitive blood boiling through my body from the time I can remember. My dad used to tell a story about, I think I was like nine or 10 years old and we were playing horse in the backyard and he was taking hard shots. He knew that if he missed on purpose, I would know and I'd be upset. So he was taking really hard shots, but he was trying to make them to try to you know keep it fair. Man, he's like, I was hitting these crazy shots. The ball would bounce and kick up and go in. And he said after the second, or third one he had made that I knew I had no chance to make. I just had big old tears streaming down my eyes. And so, you know, I was just always an elite competitor. I think to a certain extent where I couldn't control my emotions when I was younger. And I played elite travel hockey. Actually, a lot of people don't know that about me. That was my, I played every sport, but my best sport was actually hockey. And my senior year, I played on Team Arizona, which was the travel team. It was the top 18 players in the state for that, you know, that class. And I think I was third on the team in scoring and first in penalty minutes. And it's because when things weren't going my way, I would lose my cool. You know, I was so competitive. And I think that was one of the lessons I learned the most is I was at a game, it was a big game, and I let my emotions get the best of me and kind of took a cheap shot on somebody on the other team and I got thrown out of the game and all my family and friends were there and it was really embarrassing. And I remember the car ride home is actually my stepdad kind of really gave it to me about, you know, that was embarrassing that not only did you let your team down, but you know, you let yourself down, you let your family down and that's not how you want to represent yourself. And I was like, man, I wanted to take matters into my own hands and I didn't think we were being officiated fair and I wasn't playing well. And, you know, then you take, you reflect back and like, that was just really a poor reflection of, you know, I, I thought I was showing how competitive I was and how much I wanted to win, but really I just showed that I was a poor sport. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I've matured with as a competitor, as a coach is really being able to, you know, compete at a high level, but remain calm and remain cool and be able to keep your wits and not let your emotions 
emotions get the best of you. And that was a hard, you know, it, it didn't happen overnight. It was a progression to get to that point where now I feel like on the sidelines, I can stay calm and cool. I can still compete at a high level, but I can always be in control. And that, I don't think when I was younger that I was always in control. Hey, Coach, how did persevering through that challenge ultimately help you to become a better person? Because like you said, it wasn't overnight. It's not like a switch happened, right? And all of a sudden, okay, now you're a great sport, right? But how did grinding through that process to really work on that aspect of yourself to become more mature, to learn how to handle defeat and disappointments and bad calls and cheap shots from the other team? How did that journey help you to be a better man today? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is my wife and I actually were talking about this last night. We went on a date and, we, you know, we just have good conversations and we're talking about the difference between being self-conscious and self-aware. And I think one of the things that I've really developed over the years is self-awareness of like really being able to take a deep look at myself and the things that I do that I want to continue to do and things that I know I need to get better at and being able to realize that I'm not perfect, that I make mistakes, that sometimes I don't handle things the way they should be handled and being willing to not be stubborn, not go, well, that's just if you don't like it, then, you know, get out of here. Because there's a lot of people when you get in a position of power, you know, as a head coach, you know, you can really throw your weight around and there's a lot of guys that take advantage of that power. And that's something I don't ever want to do. I want to be, I want to be strong in my convictions and the things that I do believe in, I'm going to stand up for. But I also don't want to be so arrogant that I think that I have all the right answers, that I always make the right decisions. I always want to be able to, you know, really look within and evaluate myself and say, you know what, I should have done that different. I could have done that better. And I think that's one of the things as you grow, if you have the ability to look within and to constantly evaluate yourself and how you are doing things, I think you can continue to improve as a coach. And, you know, we've had a ton of success here and I, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface of who I can be as a coach. I know I need to get better. I told my kids on Saturday, Saturday. I could have been better for them on Friday. I, there are certain things that I didn't adjust fast enough. I didn't handle well enough. And so I think if you as a coach or player are willing to do that, to really look within and evaluate yourself on a consistent, you know, frequent, you know, manner, then you're going to continue and improve as a person. If you just get stubborn and say, well, I, this is how I do. It, and if you don't like it, then I don't care. And you're going to hit a wall and you're going to plateau and it's going to be hard to get better. Yeah, that's great perspective. Before I close, I want to share something special. My presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, and my video series, Model Student Athlete, are thrilled to present our first Coach of the Month. We want to shine the spotlight on coaches in youth sports who are making a positive impact on young student athletes. And our first honoree is Ryan Duber, the Director of Goalkeeping for MSYSA Olympic Development Program in Maryland. A teacher, Ryan played at Hood College, and he says he's inspired to coach because it's his way to give back to a sport that's provided him so many opportunities. Congratulations, Ryan. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com, and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to must-have app in youth sports. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time. Okay.